A Podshape production. Episode 5, Dylan Disappears. This is the story of Robert and Dylan Dickey. Both went missing in 2016, nine days apart. Their disappearances are unrelated, apart from the fact that they are both the dad and son of Damien Dickey. In the last episode, there was a breakthrough in the case of Damien's dad, Robert. Head back to episode four to hear how it unfolded. Needless to say, his case is not now a missing person, but something more sinister. Dylan's case is totally different, and we pick up where we left off in episode three. A reminder... There's some graphic detail in Damien's account of Dylan's final days before he went missing. Like he'd done stuff the week before in front of me and I took him to mental health at Maitland to the hospital and um, I don't know why, but they let him out on the next day. He, I think he tried to kill himself at work. But no, I don't think he did. He got the Stanley knife and fully put it there and freaking put it right up like that, like a few times. And one of my mates, he was working with us as well at that day and, um, you know, he's a big... Tough man too, you know, and he, it just, it shocked us. Like, we just couldn't believe, yeah, what we say, no. It was terrible. Yeah, I, thought, I thought he was going to die then, to be honest. I did. I thought he was going to die then. Damien is sure that Dylan had been using ice in the weeks and months before his disappearance. That's that ice, mate, because I didn't know he was, like, coming down off it and stuff because I was, towards the end, I was knowing he was on it. And he kept saying he wasn't, which I think he was still having a little bit or whatever, but because I was constantly onto him, he didn't like, have as much freedom or chance to do it. And um, so I think, like, I don't know I, just how I feel. I think he might have been coming down off it. That's why he was just getting really frustrated at work and just I could tell it wasn't him, you know. And um, he tried to attack me that day as well before he'd done that with his big rock and it was just crazy. And he even... He ended up stripping all his clothes off. This was in a built like the whole street was virtually under construction, and he stripped his clothes off and ran down the street saying, "I was born naked. I'm going to die naked," and I was just like, "Oh, fuck. I was freaking out." My mate was trying to, you know, you know, he knew he was he was worried what we just seen, you know, and then he was like, "Fuck, we got to we got to get him the, you know, the mental health place." At the start, I was I wasn't blaming them, but I'm thinking, well, if they had kept him in there and because like, say, what if, like, you know, you start thinking, oh, maybe if he was still in there, he wouldn't have done this. But I think he was, I think he had his mindset he was going to do it, you know. And my, I actually run my mum, and and she lives at Kalala Bay, which that's a four or five hour drive to come. And I just said, you know, I need, like, maybe you can come and talk to Dylan. And because it was sort of, um, yeah, because after he got out of the mental health place, that's, he went and stayed with Nicole. Because I was like, this is just, it's out of control. And I think Nicole picked him up from the mental health place, so she just took him home with him, and I was like, well... You know, but then she started finding... I don't know if it was that week or whatever it might have been. She was finding bloody syringes under the lounge. She's got two daughters there. She was finding needles, and and he was like freaking out at night and thinking he was seeing people next door, and, and they're all out the window, like, where, where? And he was just messing with that. Like, you know, he wasn't in a good frame of mind mate you know it was that shit just yeah 
and I, I think he might have maybe there was a day or something but I just he just wasn't right I knew you know there was a text from Dylan you told me when we talked yeah. on the phone the first time yeah what did that text say um pretty much spoke a little bit about me dad do you still have it Just want to let you know before I go that even though we had our differences and we didn't see eye to eye, I will always love you. There aren't enough words or enough ways to, to word this to make you understand fully just what you mean to me and no matter what, I will always watch over you and the family. Sorry it has to be like this. I know you have a lot on your plate right now, but prepare for the worst because tomorrow is not going to end well. I just don't want to have to wish I sent this to you when I'm gone. So I'm saying goodbye while I can. I love and miss you and wish I could give you one last hug. I'll let you know somehow I'm still around. The night before, he sent me that message. So I went straight around to his mum's and I said, um, and I was like, Dylan, don't, you know, don't do anything stupid. You know, we've got to, We'll sort everything out, everything will be okay. And I regret saying it, because I said to him, I said, no matter what you do, do not do anything here, because if your sisters find you, it's going to be fucking chaos, mate, you know. Um, and that's why I think he went out where he did, mate, you know. He thought, oh, well. And I sort of regret it, because I think, shit, maybe if they had have found him, mm. we, we could get that closure. Oh, he was out the back shed. You know, sad, it would still be bloody terrible, but we could. they would know, oh, he died in the... You know, people didn't kill him. He'd done it himself. and But I think he's had a decency because he was ashamed to be on that shit how he was. He was ashamed of that. He knew it was the wrong thing, but he got, you know, trapped into it or whatever. He's just, you know, they get addicted or whatever that he's done. And, um, yeah, so I think he thought, well, I'll go out here and then no one will have to find me. You know, I can do my thing. And he, he obviously wasn't thinking, oh, they're going to go around not knowing where I am. That's the least of his sort of thought, but... I think he had the decency just to say, oh, well, I'll go out here, it's out the bush, it's back with nature. You know, that's what he likes. He's always, he was always about nature. And So how was he that night before you were talking to him? Um, was the he was like, sort of, he was upset. Not hysterical, but he was upset. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to do what he'd done. I, I wouldn't have left him, you know what I mean? But, um... And I remember saying, because at the time, I must have had to meet the police at my dad's again. Because even that, I said, Dill, look, I've got to get up early. Because this was, say, about 11 o'clock when I spoke to Dylan. Um, I said, look, I've got to get up early and go to dad's in the morning. So just, like, you know, hang in there. I'll, when I get back, I'll come and see you. Like, everything will be fine. Just don't, you know, don't do anything here, mate. And um, I said that was the last time I ever seen him. There was one week between Dylan being discharged from the mental health unit, moving back to live with his mum, and then disappearing forever. Thursday, 23rd of June, 2016. Dylan Dickey disappears. Um, pretty much one of my mates, or an old mate, contacted me and said... Um, that Dylan's motorbike had been found out the bush and um, he said, I'll come pick you up and we'll meet you, like, we'll take you out there and apparently I didn't know but the police were already out there, they'd set up a command centre 
thing and um so we headed out the bush sort of probably 15 20 minutes from Cessnock heading out to the Corbear State Forest um yeah when we got there there was a few coppers there and um I spoke to them I was I was sort of I was pretty upset so I sort of same, I sort of knew it wasn't going to be good, and um, we just spoke to the police. They sort of said, you know, there's going to be more police coming out, SES and everything to help search, and um, we just, yeah, they spoke to me. Um, they asked me what I thought, and I told them I thought that maybe Dylan had done it himself. Same, so I showed him the message on my phone. Um, um, and they pretty much just said, well, there's not really, you know, they said, there's not much you can sort of do here. You might as well like, go home or whatever. So the search area, his motorbike was there? Yep. Yep, they found his bike, or other people from the public found his bike. Sort of bit off a track, off the main road. or well, not main road, but the main track. Was it hidden or was it... No. No. Just out in the open. Stood up or laying yeah, down? stood up. Stood up. Yeah, just standing there on the stand. Um, and then maybe... His helmet, those sorts of things? That there was just... At this, there was just his bike was there. Um, that's what they were... Just his bike was there, so they concentrated on that area sort of thing. Um, and then SES and, you know, the fire brigade or whoever, there was different search things come up. And then they found his helmet as well, his helmet and gloves. They were found probably maybe 500 metres or so from his bike, sort of heading down the mountain sort of thing towards all cliffs and real rocky area and stuff like that. Um, they found his helmet and gloves just sitting on a rock just by itself. Um, so like they'd been placed there, not yeah. like they'd been discarded? No, nah, yeah, yeah, they'd been definitely just sat there or uh-huh. sitting upright like... Yeah, like he'd, or someone had rested them there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then probably another 500 metres away, they found his Italio papers because he used to roll his own cigarettes. That was sort of found at the bottom of a pretty steep like cliff face sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you could walk down to it, but it, um, I was, even I thought that too. When I seen them, I'd realised how good they had, had searched for him, like to find a little thing this big in you know thousands and thousands of acres they found them out because they took me down to to show me where they'd found his stuff who called Nicole I'm not really sure to be honest I don't really know as I said after that stuff happened my memory and stuff even it's just um, yeah I wasn't real good. I was just... I just couldn't believe what was happening. Did you see see anyone? Did you try and get some help yourself? I did it after a while because my mum... Yeah, everyone was worried. Um, which of course, you know, of course they're going to be, but um, 
they were worried, thought I was going to do something stupid as well. And um, which I've got no intentions of ever doing anything like that. Like I never would. And um, I, and I did see you know a couple of psychologists or whatever, psychiatrists or probably both, whatever they are. And um, like they said, I wasn't really. Like they said, I was. Well, they were all amazed really because they said well, you're pretty good. Really, they said what you've been through and what what's going on. You're not really depressed. Like people wanted me to get on depression tablets and all this sort of thing and um I used to argue because I said I'm not I'm not depressed like I'm I'm, I'm upset because of what's happened of course I lost my father and my son I'm you know I'm, I'm angry I'm upset but I'm not you know I'm not sitting at home in the dark you know trying to cut my wrists or something I'm, I'm getting on with flight like that's I think that kept me going it was working I was going to work every day still Hopping on my motorbike and going for a ride, and just keep trying to keep my brain busy instead of trying to think of what if or the, you know. I'm mostly I'm fine, you know. Like every now and then, maybe a certain song or you know, I'll think some you know certain thing or. I'm, but pretty much I am. I'm. I'm for what I've been through. I'm going heaps good. I think anyway. Yeah. As you hear Damien's story unfolding, it makes you ask a few questions. If Dylan did take his own life, where was the body? Why has it never been found? He'd already warned his dad the night before that the next day wasn't going to end well. Surely Dylan would want to be found. In the next episode of My Dad and Son Are Missing. Even the police about my dad's, they even asked me if I killed my dad and thought, you know, because it was such a bizarre... And even people on social media have said it on sites and everyone, anyone that knows me knows that's... You know, I'd never, ever do anything like that. But when the police asked me, that was sort of the hard thing, like, you know, in a, it's bad enough time I'm going through and then to be asked that, it's like, he's fucking for real. Like, it's like an insult, a big insult. There are over 38,000 long-term missing person cases in Australia and the story you've just heard is one of them. We want to continue to help bring these emotional stories of ambiguous loss to you so we can spread the word and hopefully get some closure for the families. For as little as the price of a coffee a month, you can help support us to keep creating this content. Just head to our Patreon page. The link is in the show notes.